We are a rumor, recognizable only as deja vu and dismissed just as quickly. I want in. Hey! Welcome to MIB. You've got some big shoes to fill. You will be with H and H. Come on. World's not going to save itself. See, we protect the Earth from the scum of the universe. I felt good. Do we have a plan? I can't believe that actually works. Just drive. Men in Black. Hi, folks. It's Rico, and you're listening to Treks and Sci-Fi, another uh, episode edition of the Weekly Dose of Geeky Goodness, coming to you um, semi-live. And, yeah, today is June 23rd, 2019. This is Podcast 733. That was a little TV spot to Men in Black International. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about that on the show today. I went to see that last weekend, enjoyed it. And uh, what we're going to do, a classic-style show, like like as I like to call them, featuring a, yes, original Star Trek series episode. There are still some of those left that I haven't covered. Uh, we're going to look at a, a Season 3 episode called The Savage Curtain. Not one of my favorites, but uh, got some still interesting moments and fun stuff, so... I'm probably going to mostly play the episode, but skip a bit here and there. Uh, try to a little a little bit different format, uh, make it a little easier, um, I think. But uh, yeah, so they'll be, be playing the episode and talking a little bit about it as I play it. So that will be coming up here later on the show. Talk a little bit about what I've been doing lately, what I've been seeing, uh, and, and um, other things. So uh, I think that's about it for the pre- uh, pre-credits, pre-opening stuff. So uh, let's do this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Scotty, beat me up. Fascinating. Stand by to receive our transmission. Again, welcome to the show, everyone. This is, again, Rico, still Rico, here on Trex and Sci-Fi. So how's everybody doing? Enjoying your summer? It's officially summer now, by the calendar, by, uh, we had the summer solstice, right? The longest in the northern hemisphere, at least, uh, the longest day of the year. The, in other words, you know, and uh, saying the longest day of the year is, seems weird because that's not actually accurate. It's the longest um, period of daylight, uh, longest period where, uh, mo- you know, mo- the what am I trying? Blah, blah, cannot talk. Beginning of the podcast, sorry. The, uh, the day of the year in the Northern Hemisphere that we have the most daylight, most light from the sun, uh, which also, you know, is <laughs> also makes me think about daylight savings time and how ridiculous that is still, because Set the clocks ahead, forward an hour, back an hour, ahead at two hours. It doesn't matter because guess what? Daylight is the same. Daylight is the same. So if you, uh, yeah, so there, there's no need for that. No need for that madness. So let's stop it. Let's just worldwide stop it. Um, set a time and leave it. Uh, just think of all those stupid things in electronics that you do, you know, that they've had to program in uh, and you wouldn't need anymore. It's just, it's just crazy. I, I, I think it's only this century too. No, sorry, not, not this century. Cause we're in the two thousands, but last century, 
I forget when it started, but I mean, it's a relatively recent event. So, uh, okay. Um, what do, I'm not going to talk too long at the beginning of the podcast. Sometimes I do that a little bit too much, but I, I'll tell you about a few things. Let's start with the men in black international. This, um, uh, Chris Hemsworth, uh, and, uh, Tessa Thompson took over here for Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith, who did the other men in black films. Uh, and I, I saw this last weekend. I enjoyed it. You know, there's a lot of, I've talked about this before. Uh, my friend Chris and I talk about this all, all the time. Um, but um, there's this thing about television, movies, books, anything these days that gets, uh, you know, commentary on. Uh, entertainment, uh, video games is, is certainly part of this, where basically you're either the, the best thing ever or, or you're terrible. It, there, there's only like a, a it's it's like a thumbs up thumbs down there's there's only two choices so you know something like Avengers Endgame which most people really really enjoyed which I'll I'm going to talk about that in a minute because uh, some new things came out about that everyone may, mainly loved that movie but Men in Black International it's it's okay it's 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 a fun movie if you like Men in Black I, I'd say it's 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 much like the other films I I thought the two new leads uh, were good. And it's fun to see them, you know, because they were in the Thor Ragnarok and the Avengers movies. And um, so that that was an interesting little twist that they brought them together. And uh, and I, I thought it was a nice idea to put a woman in the men in black, you know, kind of, you know, there's a couple of them in, the, in this movie that you see. But the um, yeah, so I liked it and it, it had, you know, that men in black vibe and feel and uh I still kind of want to do a Men in Black uh, cosplay thing just because I think it's it's slick looking and cool and easy in a way too. just get a nice black suit, black tie and all that and bring a bring a neuralizer and stuff. Uh, But um, so so there, you know, a lot of these things I'm seeing online are like, ah, it's not good. It's not good. It's like, you know, it's Men in Black. You know, the last one before this was kind of, you know, just about the same level to me. I mean, the first couple are really, you know, fun. I think because they're new, especially the first one, new and unique. But then you get to the fourth one in the franchise now, right? So um, Liam Neeson is in this. You know, it's got a great cast, and and they go to some cool locations, cool effects. So yeah, if you I, to me, if you like Men in Black and you like that um, type of film and you like that uh, that setting, uh, yeah, go check it out. You know, is it some one of those movies yet? Is it a must see in the theater? Probably not. Um, I also enjoyed Dark Phoenix. I've already think I've talked about that already, which a lot of people are just like totally destroying. And I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what quite quite what they expected. I mean, it isn't really like the comic story, but I never expected them to do the comic story. Comic story is much more involved and it would be really wouldn't work with the way they've done the movies. But it was still to me an enjoyable film, uh, a lot better than X-Men Apocalypse. But this um we're into that time of the summer too where you're getting movies that are you know maybe not the big big releases i guess the biggest release still that we have coming in a, in a couple of weeks is spider-man far from home which i'm sure is going to do well it, it's kind of um riding a little bit on the coattails of uh of avengers endgame especially since some things pick up right after it some some of the story beats and things that are um dropped it in Endgame are, are picked up on in Spider-Man. And with that said, uh, they've announced, I, I don't know if it's 100% official, but it's pretty darn official. Although I've been checking my movie theaters and I'm trying to, trying to find listings. But supposedly next Friday, the 28th of June, 
they're going to re-release uh, Avengers Endgame into theaters. It's barely left theaters. You know, I think there's still some theaters here showing it. Uh, but they're going to re-release it with seven, I guess I've heard seven minutes of additional footage, which will all be uh, at the end of the movie during like the credits. Something about some post-credits scenes, some special little treats, they say. Um, but seven minutes in there. No, nothing, I don't think anything dripped into or, or fed into the regular movie itself, but at the end of the movie. And I, I ended up seeing it already three times uh, when it was in the theaters for different with different people and but uh so I, i'd still be up my uh, younger son's gonna be in in uh he lives about an hour from us he's gonna be in town next weekend for a friend of his wedding he hasn't seen avengers yet so that's a good opportunity maybe to go see it again plus be able to see this extra little bit at the end i'm sure it'll be all over the internet after it comes out what it is and, and it'll probably be some weird terrible camera phone cell phone um camera phone whatever that is a cell phone's camera uh videos that'll show up on youtube for 10 minutes you know where people try to film these end scenes in the theater with their phones but um but yeah that you know and and you know most people are saying it's it's a lot of it has to do with they haven't still topped the number one movie they haven't topped avatar um which I forget what the, it's like 40, they're 40 million away from that, something like that, um, which is not a lot, truthfully. If this comes out again next weekend, and, and uh, I have a feeling it should be able to surpass it, uh, given this stuff and um, being pretty well liked. But uh, but anyway, uh, that is, um, that's what's going on with those Mings, Marvel movies, uh, Men in Black, uh, on television Let's see, I'm trying to look at the time. I'm only about 10 minutes into the show, so we can go a couple more minutes. Uh, TV, uh, I finished Daredevil Season 3, which was, I, I thought it was a good season. Quite a bit different than the other two seasons. Um, a little bit more, um, there's a little bit more uh, of Matt and what he's going through. He's going through quite a bit in this season. Um, Kingpin's back, but that's not a surprise. Um, Wilson Fisk, uh, he's basically the big bad um, and you know, Vincent D'Onofrio, is that how you say his last name? He's great as, as Kingpin. Yeah. He's really, really good. Super intense, super, um, scary and, and just, uh, really good in the role. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I enjoyed it, especially the last episode, uh, is a lot of fun is, is really good. It's very satisfying. And, and the, the thing that I, I, I was happy to see was that I don't think this is really a spoiler, but they're not coming back, you know, Netflix is dropping all these Marvel shows. They just uh, released Jessica Jones Season 3. I still got to watch that because that just came out, and I got to go back and watch Punisher Season 2, which is on there. Uh, but um, the other ones, you know, they're all ending. Uh, Luke Cage uh, and um, why can't I think of the other guy? Um, Ah, gosh, what what the heck is wrong with me? <laughs> Iron Fist, yeah, Iron Fist, that's what it is. I, I kept wanting to say Danny Rand, Danny Rand. I knew his name, but he's Iron Fist, yeah. Uh, but those are in have ended, and um, with the end of Daredevil in season three, it it, it kind of closes it out. I don't think they knew it when they filmed it, but at least we're not um, we're not left hanging too much, uh, which I was happy to see. So um, so that was good. Um, although the second season of Iron Fist kind of left us hanging a little bit at the end slightly. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to miss these shows, uh, when, when I'm done with the Jessica Jones and, and the last, uh, and the season two of Punisher, but 
I think these have been really well done. Uh, I like this street level kind of Marvel stuff. You know, not everything is the end of the world and, and, um, you know, all that. And I'm also watching on the Marvel side of it, um, while we're on that topic, uh, I'm watching the current season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., one of the, one of the only network type shows that's on right now. And it's quite a bit of a different season than they've done before. And I think they've already announced that they're going to do one more season. I think they're both going to be a little shorter than normal. Um, it's airing, you know, it, 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 it's, it's really weird because they put it on basically in this late spring, summer time slot. It comes out then. It's on Friday nights, uh, which I, I, I generally don't even watch it. I, I watch it later on my TiVo. But it's really ridiculous, you know. Talk about the lowest possible place to get any kind of ratings is uh, during the summer on Friday nights. I mean, geez, guys. Uh, it, <laughs> I guess they don't care, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but um, but I'm enjoying the season, uh, and uh, it's it's different, and, and I do enjoy that show. But one thing I, I was a little surprised about, though, because they have connected them a little bit in the past uh but uh, you know in, in terms of agents of shield and what goes on in the marvel films they did not at all really connect the whole um you know thanos snap thing at all they did not at all connect that to agents of shield which i don't know i thought that would have been an interesting tie-in you know like you got to think that this the team would have been kind of messed up like some of them would have probably been dusted and some not but uh nope they they kind of just ignored that whole thing a bit um but I guess I get it. It's easier for them to ignore it. Uh, it lets them do what they want to do. So, uh, all right. I think that's, um, and uh, I'm trying to decide what to watch kind of next. Uh, almost done here before the um, Trek episode that I'm going to cover. But I watched episode one of that Gods and Omens. Is that what it's called? Gods and Omens, the one with David Tennant that's on Prime Video. Um, everyone's been saying it's really good. I don't know. It's it's quirky, uh, it, it's British, and it has a little bit of that kind of humor, which I usually enjoy. But episode one didn't really do a lot for me. I, I mean, I'm going to keep watching it. It's a short run. It's only six episodes, I think. I don't think it's even eight episodes. It's pretty short. Um, and I'll keep at it, uh, watch at least one or two more, uh, it, because during the summer there isn't as much on. And I'm trying to decide on Netflix either to go to one of the other Marvel series I just mentioned or I really want to watch that I that I haven't watched yet that a lot of people were talking about when it came out a couple months ago. Uh, the Umbrella Academy uh, looks really good. I want to watch that. And Sabrina, I still haven't watched that uh, either. Tons of things always to see. I did pick up uh, Captain Marvel uh, on Blu-ray 4K thing uh, the other day. It was out, I guess it came out like two weeks ago now. Uh, but I picked that up in a steelbook format from Best Buy. So, and Lynn hasn't watched that. I'm going to try to uh, to sit her down and have her watch that because I think she'd enjoy it. And, you know, you've got a female superhero, which is which is good. Uh, and I, I thought that they did a great job with that movie, too. So, all right. Um, I don't think much else. Uh, so, Comic-Con uh, is is less than less than a month away now for me. Uh, they sent me an email, said my ticket's on, my, my badge, uh, not really ticket, my badge is on the way. Uh, should get it this week, uh, which is great. Excited to be out there at Comic-Con again. Really, really looking forward to uh, hanging out with Kenny and his friends and, and just seeing all the new stuff. Supposedly, Marvel is going to be announcing their next, like, um, five-year, their next their plan for the next five years of films. I, I'm really wondering how much it's going to be filled in. I mean, I mean, I'm sure they're planning, I know they're planning probably another Doctor Strange movie. Uh, I think that's definite. That's a definite. I, I think maybe another Ant-Man movie. 
um, maybe another Thor movie. I don't know. Uh, and uh, I'm sure we'll get another Spider-Man movie. I mean, I think Spider-Man, being that he's a young uh, actor, and, and I, I think it's it's I think Spider-Man is something you could just do really on and on. I don't think there's a a break there that you need to take. Um, obviously, you know, spoiler alert for End- Avengers Endgame here. But obviously, with some of the things, I won't say too much, but with some of the things that happened in the movie, a couple of their other Marvel series of films need to change a little bit in some way. So we'll see how that works out. Um, anyway, I think, yeah, we're good. We're 15, 16 minutes in. That's plenty. I'm going to get into uh, playing the Savage Curtain for you. Comment for it uh, as I watch it via probably Netflix. And then, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about this uh, episode of TOS, and uh, we'll uh, enjoy it, or I will enjoy it. I haven't watched this episode in a long time, uh, and uh, well, I'll talk about it while we're watching it or listening to it. So uh, here we go with um, third season TOS episode, The Savage Curtain. All right, here we go on the bridge. take final readings. This will be our last orbit. This is the uh, uh, third from the last episode of TOS. Still read a suggestion of carbon cycle life forms on the planet's surface, Captain. Which is scientifically impossible under conditions there. Agreed. Mr. Sulu, switch to the planet area I have under observation. I'm reading it now, Mr. Spock. It seems to indicate artificial power being generated in factor seven quantities which would indicate a considerable civilization there. What's all this poppycock about life forms on this planet, Spock? The surface is molten lava. The atmosphere is poisonous. Our readings could be false, Captain. Perhaps so in the remastered version here, they have a much nicer looking lava planet no on the screen. Here. Lieutenant, anything from the planet? I've repeatedly tried on every healing frequency, sir. There's no response on any channel. Transmit to Starfleet our sensor readings and log entries on the planet. Surface conditions make it impossible for us to beam down and investigate further. We are therefore going on to our next assignment. Hi, I see. Seems weird that you would even bother to check a planet out that's this, you know, not Class M and all that stuff. You're being scanned, Captain. A deep probe, incredibly swift. So the lights kind of flicker on the bridge, and they're being obviously scanned by something. And now the screen changes on the uh, on the, uh, the display screen. And an image of Abraham Lincoln appears, which is the last thing you might think would happen. check your voice telegraph device. Do I gather that you recognize me? I recognize what you appear to be. And appearances can be most deceiving. But not in this case, James Kirk. I am Abraham Lincoln. What? What? Come on. Really going to fall for that one? That old one? 
All right, so this episode of The Savage Curtain, this is uh, uh, 78th of 80 produced for TOS, you know, counting the pilots and all that stuff. It first aired on March 7th, 1969, so a little more than 50 years ago, right? 50? Yeah. Uh, the, um, this episode, the teleplays, uh, the stories by Gene Roddenberry, uh, Arthur Heinemann, and Gene Roddenberry teleplay. And directed by Herschel Doherty. Uh, Stardate 5906.4. There we go. The year is 2269. So, how's all that detail? Uh, but um, the point of this episode is kind of like a, a good and evil kind of tale. Uh, you'll you'll see if you're if you're not familiar with it. Well, you'll you'll see by the end what it, what it's all about. But um, it, I think it's an interesting one. Not again my favorite, but uh, fun. All right, back on the bridge. Abe Lincoln's there staring at him in his little chair out on the view screen. Fascinating. I have been described in many ways, Mr. Spock, but never with that word. I was requesting your analysis, Spock. They did scan us and our vessel, Captain, and doubtless obtained sufficient information to present this illusion. Illusion? Captain, will you permit me to come aboard your vessel? No doubt you have devices which can check my reality. We'd be honored to have you aboard, Mr. President. Do you still measure time in minutes? We can convert to it, sir. Then you should be directly over my position in there. Exactly. Twelve and one-half minutes. Until then, Captain. Yeah, sure, come on aboard, you weird illusion of Abe Lincoln. Okay, why not? Yeah. I mean, they're out there to explore, so... You gotta, you gotta like, let that go a little bit occasionally. Uh, well, more, more than occasionally. Almost every episode, something like that happens. Small change occurring there, Captain. So this was much more visual in this episode with the remastered version. This area on the, four, huh? on the planet uh, kind of cleared away of all the um, uh, lava and stuff and looks more An area of hospitable. Area 1,000 square kilometers. It measures completely Earth-like. Perfect oxygen-nitrogen atmosphere, sir. He called it to the second, sir. We'll be over it in exactly 12 minutes now. Security, send a detachment to the transporter room immediately, face his side arms, and be prepared to give presidential honors. Jim, do you really believe he's Abraham Lincoln? Well, it's obvious he believes him. Oh, Dr. McCoy, Mr. Spock, full dress uniforms. Full dress? Presidential honors? What is all this nonsense, Mr. Deckerson? <laughs> I understand President Lincoln's coming aboard, sir. How do you daft, man? All I know, sir, is what the captain tells me. And he says he'll have the height of the first man with so much as smiles. I'd have expected sanity from the ship's surgeon, at least. President Lincoln, indeed. No doubt to be followed by Louis of France and Robert the Bruce. If so, we'll execute appropriate honors to each, Mr. Scott. Aye, sir. Gentlemen. 
I don't for a moment believe that President Lincoln is actually coming aboard, but we're dealing with an unknown and apparently highly advanced life form. Until we know, when in Rome, we'll do as the Romans do. Bridge to transporter room. One minute to overhead position. Locked on to something. It's always fun to see the uh, dress uniforms, especially with Scotty with his kilt and everything. For a moment, it appeared almost mineral, like living rock with heavy foreclaws. Settling down now to completely human readings. We can beam it aboard any time now, sir. Dr. McCoy, take tricorder readings and see if it is human. Appropriate ruffles and flourishes, Mr. Spock. Security, stand ready. Phaser team, set ready for a heavy stun. So these guys, these security guys, have these little white belts on now, and it's a little cute, you know, a little different. Their phasers are uh, attached at their side. They're all in their dress uniforms, and now, of course, Abe Lincoln coming aboard, or at least what looks like Abe Lincoln. Enterprise is honored to have you aboard, Mr. President. Even though they're sh- standing there with phasers pointed at him. Where are the musicians? That's taped music, sir. A starship on active duty never carries an honor detachment. Taped music, you say? Well, perhaps Mr. Spock will be good enough to explain that to me later. A most interesting way to come aboard, Captain. What was the device used? An energy matter scrambler, sir. The molecules in your body are converted into energy, then beamed into this chamber and reconverted back into their original pattern. Well, since I'm obviously here, and quite whole, (laughs) whatever you mean apparently works very well indeed. Gentlemen, if those are weapons, please lower them. At my age, I'm afraid I'm not very dangerous. Human, Jim. All too human, Dr. McCoy. Happy to make your acquaintance, sir. Mr. President, may I present my officers? Commander Spock, second in command, engineering officer Scott, and security officer Dickerson. Mr. Spock, Mr. Scott, Mr. Dickerson. Gentlemen, I hope to talk to each of you, but meanwhile, your captain is consumed with questions, and I shall do my utmost to answer them. All right, I think at and this I point, let's skip ahead a few minutes. Will permit time we'll to get to the bridge, and there's some interesting captain. things there that happen. Lieutenant I'm going to just click ahead randomly a bit. Not random, but three or four minutes. Oh, forgive me, my dear. I know that in my time, some use that term as a description of property. But why should I object to that term, sir? see, in our century, we've learned not to fear words. May I present our communications officer, Lieutenant Uhura? The foolishness of my century had me apologizing where no offense was given. We've each learned to be delighted with what we are. The Vulcans learned that centuries before we did. It is basic to the Vulcan philosophy, sir. The combination of a number of things to make existence worthwhile. Yes. 
Philosophy of Gnome, meaning all. How did I know that? Exactly. He wouldn't Just know things know, about Vulcan stuff. On the planet's surface, you will meet one of the greatest living Vulcans in all the long history of your planet. My mind cannot recall his name, but I know he will be there. What is it that powers your vessel, Captain? May I see your engine room? Certainly. Our engineering officer is... Has been waiting in the briefing room for you, sir, for over two hours. Oh, yeah. Whoopsie. If you'll forgive me, our communications officer... I would be delighted to have her as guide. Forgive me again. We'll rejoin you shortly. Where the devil are they? Well, they're probably looking up a plate of haggis in the galley. They've been everywhere else. Sorry to have been delayed, gentlemen. Alright, so this scene is just going to be mostly them hashing out whether to buy into all this and go along. I'm going to skip ahead a bit also here. Here we go with a little skip ahead. very reason for the existence of our starships is contact with other life. Although the method is beyond our comprehension, we have been offered contact. Therefore, I shall beam down. Mr. Spark, as for you... Captain, since I was included in the invitation to make contact, I must beam down with you. You're both out of your head. Aye, sir. And you're on the edge of insubordination. I'd be on the edge of insubordination to remind the captain that this smells of something happening to him that I might not be able to patch back together again. Aye. Gentlemen, your concern is noted and appreciated. Spock, standard dress, tricorders, and phasers. We will guide President Lincoln to the transporter room. We'll beam down immediately. Yeah, I mean, again, they got to go along with, uh, you know, this. That's what they're out there for. Nothing's always going to be perfect. It works for me, pretty much. One of the key things here is Lincoln is a bit of a, a hero to Kirk, so he's he's more accepting of it, and, and that's part of what makes this a little bit easier to swallow. And they're dead men. I couldn't have pulled them back in time. Yeah, so they just said, you know, because this lava-like planet, if this was just fake and an illusion, uh, they would be they would be dead if they ended up really being beat to that spot. A little loud here, turn it down some. So, on the transporter pad, it only beamed Kirk and Spock without their gear, their phasers, and uh, tricorder was left also. So, uh, yeah. That's probably not good. Well, now they're down on a typical planet that you see in Trek with the plastic rocks and, and that. Uh... Captain. Our phasers and tricorder did not beam down with us. But they Kirk got their Enterprise, communicators. Enterprise, come in. Kirk to Enterprise. Enterprise, come in. Undamaged, yet something is preventing them from functioning. Come in, landing party. Report. Enterprise to Captain Kirk. Can you read us? If they're all right, they should have reported in. 
you know, now they're getting power fluctuations on the ship to again. Me, this seems quite as it should be. Why were our weapons taken? Why can't we communicate with our ship? Please, believe me. I know nothing other than what I have already told you. The game is over. We've treated you with courtesy. We've gone along with what and who you think you are. Despite the seeming contradictions, all is as it appears to be. I am Abraham Lincoln. Just as I am whom I appear to be. Serac. Who? The greatest of all who ever lived on our planet, Captain. The father of all we became. Yeah, so uh, a Vulcan just comes out from behind a rock and it's Serac. All decks report status. All decks report status. Ah, you get to see Sulu in the command chair in this episode. What's happening to our power? Briggs engineering. Report. Everything's out. We've switched to reserve power. We've lost all power in the warp engines. How is it, Mr. Sulu? No answer yet on what caused it. They're standing by. Shut down all but the most necessary systems. No damage report, Mr. Scott. No indication of engine damage, sir. Engage restart cycle. I don't understand it. Start emergency procedures. Aye, aye, sir. Live long and prosper, Spock. May you also, Captain Kirk. It is not logical that you are Serac. There is no fact, extrapolation of fact or theory, which would make possible whatever I am. Would it harm you to give response? Live long and prosper. Image of Serac. Father of all we now hold true. The uh, image of Serac read in your face what is in your mind, Spark. As I turned and my eyes beheld you, I displayed emotion. I beg forgiveness. The cause was more than sufficient. Let us speak no further of it. In my time, we knew not of Earthmen. I am pleased to see that we have differences. May we together become greater than the sum of both of us. Spock will not go along with these charades any longer. It's a pretty popular actor, Barry Atwater, playing Serac here. Lee, Lee Bergy is uh, Lincoln. You'll have an answer soon, Captain. Oh, now the rock guy shows up. Yarak. Our world is called Excalvia. Countless who live on that planet are watching. Before this drama unfolds, we give welcome to the ones named Kirk and Spock. We know nothing of your world or your customs. What do you mean? Drama about to unfold. Your intelligent life form. So this is sort of this rock creature with like four little lights for eyes that flash when he talks and he has these little claws that we were invited to come down pretty good and good effect actually in friendship and you have deprived us of our instruments to examine your world to defend ourselves to communicate with our vessel your objection is well taken we shall communicate with your vessel so that your fellow life forms may also enjoy and profit from the play so this is sort of reminds me a little bit of a Q thing, um, where it's a good versus evil thing, and he's trying to determine. Um, so now three other people cop come out from behind. Actually four, sorry. Excuse me. Colonel Green, Genghis Khan. Well, he'll Captain, tell you. Mr. Spock, some of these you may know through history. Genghis Khan, for one. 
and Colonel Green, who led a genocidal war early in the 21st century on Earth. Zora, who experimented with the body chemistry of subject tribes on Tiburon. Kalis, the unforgettable. The Klingon who set the pattern for his planet's tyrannies. We welcome the vessel Enterprise to our solar system and to our spectacle. Well, at least the Captain and Spock are safe. It's a confrontation of some sort. Those are all figures out of history. Notoriously evil. We ask you to observe with us the confrontation of the two opposing philosophies you term good and evil. Since this is our first experiment with Earthlings, our theme is a simple one. Survival. Life and death. Your philosophies are alien to us. We wish to understand them and discover... So it's a little like Arena also with the Gorn fighting Kirk, but this time it's a four versus four thing with evil characters throughout history versus traditional good characters. If you and Spock survive, you return to your vessel. If you do not... Your existence is ended. Whoa, whoa, slow down there, Yarek. Sorry, I think it's, it got a little loud on the volume here. We beam the captain and Spock back up. We don't have the power. They'll come aboard a mass of dying flesh. That's gross. Well, can we send the That's gross. <laughs> There's nothing we can do, Doctor. Nothing but watch them. He skimmed the worst ones in history to face them. But they're not real. Any more than that Lincoln or Sarak. What do the sensors read? As life forms. They are living beings. Could there be aliens projecting an illusion? The readings are those of humanoids. Why do you hesitate? Do you wish further clarification? Your choice of action is unlimited, as is your choice of weapons. The trick here, the thing that's going on, though, is, is like, Kirk and Spock are the only ones really real, you know? The, all the rest are illusions, and, you know, just sort of, like, sit down and say, yeah, I'm not going to play your game. But I think Kirk says that here, if I remember right. Spock and I refuse to participate. Yeah. You will decide otherwise. So now Yara kind of melts down into, like, just more of a rock form. Analysis, Spock. Why do they want us to fight? It may be exactly as explained, Captain. Our concept of good and evil is strange to them. Perhaps they wish to determine which is strongest. And they'll get their answer if it kills us. I'm afraid none of us may leave, gentlemen, until we do what it demands of us. So now, uh, Colonel Captain Green, Kirk? which is another human from the early 21st century. I quite agree with your attitude toward this charade. It's ridiculous to think that we should take part in it. What do you want? Well, the same thing as you do, to get out of here. I have no quarrel with you any more than you have with me. You're somewhat different than the way history... This guy is uh, Philip Pine, is the actor history playing Colonel Green. I, I've seen him on other stuff, too. I suggest we call a halt to this at once and see if we can't find some way out of our difficulties. 
My I wouldn't trust them at all, but, uh... Captain, you were tricked into coming here, weren't you? So were we all. Where do you come from? I can't remember. Isn't that strange? My memory is to be quite remarkable. Well, wherever it was, I want to get back. So it seems yeah, it's just pretty much a con job by him, I, you know. And, and there, the, that creature. if you didn't catch it already, the Enterprise can see all that's propose? transpiring on the bridge Every screen, which is, which is always a fun thing. They, they did the same thing in Arena. So that's why this episode to me is not that great, because it's this kind of a story has sort of been done before. At your enemies in the midst of negotiating with them. But that was centuries ago, Captain, and not altogether true. No, there's much I would change now if I could. Don't let prejudice and rumor sway you. So now the screen on the Enterprise shows the other uh, bad guys kind of moving around and grabbing like rocks and things and slipping around them. One throws a big rock, Genghis Khan does it. Spock, he kind of jumps out of the way. So basically they've sort of paired off. Uh, let's see, we have Zora and Spock fighting. <laughs> We have Green, Colonel Green, and Kirk. And uh, let's see, it's, I think it's uh, Lincoln. Lincoln and the uh, Klingon. And Genghis Khan, too. And Surak is in there. So they, they scared them all off, basically. And oh, I feel my clothing is somewhat damaged. But how. Delightful to discover at my age that I can still wrestle. Mr. Spock? All right, sir. However, I suggest that we prepare ourselves for another attack. No. I think Colonel Green is right. That rock-like thing is our enemy, not those illusions. For an illusion, my opponent carried a considerable punch. Oh, I forgot. You consider me an illusion, too. The captain speaks wisely. Those four are not our enemy. We should arrive together at a peaceful settlement. I am disappointed. You display no interest in the honor we do you. We offer you an opportunity to become our teachers by demonstrating whether good or evil is more powerful. Oh, oh Kirk grabs the guy and he's very hot. <laughs> that was dumb. The nature of this planet. I must conclude that your species requires a cause to fight for. You may now communicate with your ship. Well, the cause was basically, you know, they were going to be destroyed, right, if they didn't win, you know, but it, it, they put up the timeline a bit more. Come in. Spot engineering. Report, Lieutenant. Emergency increasing, sir. Deterioration has just started, sir. Give me that again, man. I cannot hear you. Mr. Scott, I have the captain. Scotty, do you read me? Mr. Scott, I have the captain. Engineering, check for radiation. Get a repair crew on it at once. I have already, sir. We, we can't seem to stop it. Is there a danger of detonation? Estimating four hours, sir. Red alert, Captain. Mr. Scott is standing by. What caused the red alert? I don't know yet, sir. Captain! Scotty, beam us up fast. Lieutenant, we have a complete power failure. We're on emergency battery power only. What happened? I can't explain it, sir. Put some more D cells in the engine. And antimatter are in red zone proximity. What caused that? There's no knowing and there's no stopping it either. The shielding is breaking down, and I estimate four hours before it goes completely. 
Yeah, there's your deadline. Four hours Beat the bad the guys. Blows up. The estimate is quite correct. Your ship will blow itself to bits within four hours, Captain. Unless you defeat the others before then. Is that cause enough to fight for? What if they defeat us? To save your ship and your crew, you have to win. Okie dokie. Disengage nacelles, jettison if possible. Mr. Spock, assist them. Advise and analyze. Scotty. Scotty. Your communicators no longer function, Captain. And Scotty, of course, would try all that. You know, he would try whatever he had to do to, to save the ship. The war is forced upon us. History repeats itself. I do like the fact that they didn't just say, sure, we'll fight. You know, that makes sense. Boy, I don't know if I ever watched the remastered version of this episode. There's some pretty cool effects of the planet here that they've added in. The is doomed to explode in two hours if Captain Kirk is defeated by the enemy on the surface of the planet. The enormous power of the Enterprise has been neutralized, and we sit here watching, unable to assist. Again, I, I think this, uh, you know, the idea of... Did you set the traps? Yes. Of creating this situation, bad, good versus evil. They've not armed themselves nor prepared for any kind of defense. I say attack now and finish them. With what, these? Better than what they have. No. The, the interesting thing to me about enough. this episode, you know, now that I've sure had a long time to, to think about it, it's thought many times, That's the way to get power and to hold it, and I need is that, that, you know, you Nothing could... immoral about fighting an illusion. You know, you could create an enemy that the the enemies that you create would really decide who's going to beat who, right? I mean, I know that they searched and scanned the Enterprise to come up with these four bad guys and a couple of extra good guys, right? But um, it's um, it's a little tricky to determine, like, you know, you could sort of stack the deck, I guess, if you were the one creating the situation and creating the opponents and so forth. Are we fighting a defensive war, James? No, we don't have time. But if things do go against us, I want a place to retreat to. What I want to do now is scout them out, find their weaknesses, and attack. Hmm. Do you drink whiskey? Occasionally, why? Because you have qualities very much like those of another man I admire greatly, General Grant. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Mr. Spark, we'll need weapons. I believe the ancient Vulcans made something like a boomerang? Yes, Captain. And slings and spears. Slings. Mr. President, you used a sling as a boy. Indeed, I did. Captain, logic dictates that we consider another course. We don't have much time, Spock. In my time on Vulcan, we also faced these same alternatives. We'd suffered devastating wars which nearly destroyed our planet. Another was about to begin. They were torn. But out of our suffering, some of us found the discipline to act. We sent emissaries to our opponents to propose peace. The first were killed, but others followed. Ultimately, we achieved peace, which has lasted since then. Circumstances were different then, sir. The face of war has never changed, Captain. Surely it is more logical to, to heal than kill? I'm afraid that kind of logic doesn't apply here. 
That is precisely why we should not fight. My ship is at stake. <laughs> yeah, you got two Vulcans here, or in one half Vulcan, you know, but uh, but yeah, they, of course they want to try peace. I will not harm others, Captain. But Kirk already tried this sort His of. Convictions are most profound in this matter, Captain. So are mine, Spock. You will harm others or defend yourselves. There was a peaceful way out of this. The risk will be mine alone. If I fail, you lose nothing. After all, I'm no warrior. The captain knows that I have fought at his side before, and will do so now if need be. However, I too am a Vulcan, bred to peace. Let him attempt it. I can't stop you, so. You saw how treacherously they act. Oh, yes. But perhaps it's our belief in peace that is actually being tested. It's logical. It makes sense. You know, of course, the Vulcan, of course, Surak is going to try this kind of a approach. I have no authority over you. You may do as you think best. Thank you. May you live long and prosper. So he walks off, and they're going to go uh, the weapons, build some weapons. Got to build some dynamite thing in case again. He fails. So it, you know, it, it's um, admirable that Surak wants to try this. It makes sense. He, he's the one that basically founded the Vulcan way to logic and peace, and, and not a you know, oh. you know, not emotions. Zora, to me, in this episode, this Zora looks like the Wicked Witch of the West. I swear, she, every time I see her, she, she looks like her, her face and her, her makeup and her hair. She looks like the Wicked Witch of the West. Say. We may find it useful. I mean, it's it's freaky to me. I want to see who the actress is. Stop there, Vulcan. Uh, your purpose. Carol Daniels Dement is Zora. Huh. Okay. Are you surrendering? I'm doing what I consider best for all of us. If you choose to regard that as surrender, I accept your definition. One of those peace lovers, Colonel. Why are you doing this? Do you speak for the others? No, I speak for myself because I abhor violence. Huh. But if you accept the solution I offer, they too will accept it. How can I be sure? I think you're trying to trick me, Vulcan. I think that while you're here talking peace, the others are preparing to attack. No, Colonel. I don't think Colonel Green should really answer. know who Vulcans are so much, but but maybe no they just planted that info in his mind like they did for, uh, he for Lincoln. Is the only way to live. Then tell me, what do you have to gain if we accept? Nothing but the knowledge that I have done and what I believe in. And what do I get out of it? I fight for gain, Vulcan. What do I gain here? Your life... In the lives of the others. Yeah, that's probably not enough, but hey, whatever. You said yourself, Colonel, that we have common cause to survive. Together we can. But not by warring. Why don't we kill him? <gasps> Let's kill him. He's our Kayla best. says. <laughs> Colonel, surely you accept the I don't think Genghis Khan gets any words what in this episode. You're very Poor Genghis Khan. Vulcan. Nathan like Young is playing him. He has no lines. Oh yeah, Zora Perhaps gets no lines too. It says this in the uh, memory alpha entry. That it would be to their advantage also. 
So they're working on little spears and things. I want to see the Vulcan boomerang, though, which I don't think, even though they mentioned it in the episode, that, that Spock makes it all. They're just grabbing branches and making, uh, making spears out of them. Your Surak is a brave man. Men of peace usually are, Captain. And Vulcan, he is revered as the father of our civilization. The father image holds much meaning for us. Yeah, one interesting point is, is for an important character like that, this episode does introduce, you know, some interesting characters like Surak, Colonel Green. Well, I hope he accomplishes something here and soon. Ah! Help me, Spark! Uh, this is an interesting part of this episode because this is a mistake. Spock, help me, Mr. Spock. Your friend wants you. He seems to be hurt. Spock! Help me, Spock! Spock! Help me! You can't let him suffer! Mm, eh, Spock's not buying it. Trying to goad us into attacking, Captain. They expect us to act rashly. Yes, I know that. Help me, Spock! He was Spock. aware of what might happen when he went. Ah! I should never have let him go. You had no choice, Captain. Ah! Could not have stopped him. How can you ignore that? A Vulcan would not cry out so. Yep, that's true. He's a Vulcan or not? He's in agony. Nope. I am not insensitive to it, Captain. Help it's me, fake. Spock! It's fake. Don't fall but for you it. You can just listen to it and do nothing. Ah! I can't. That is what they're waiting for. They're waiting for us to attempt a rescue. I can't just let him stay there. Perhaps we can rescue him, Mr. Spark. Now, I suggest that we do whatever they want. Do what they want, sir? Not the way they want it, however. We must first convince them that they have provoked us to recklessness. And James. I do not mean to presume upon your authority. What I propose is that I circle around to their rear while you two provide a frontal assault. It should be sufficiently violent to cover whatever I do. What will you do? Why slip into their camp and free him? No. James, James. Remember, I was something of a backwoodsman. I doubt that you could do what I was bred to. I can't let you risk it, Mr. President. Well, I am no longer president. Spock, That's true. Any comment? Help me, Spock! No, sir. One matter further, gentlemen. We fight on their level. With trickery, brutality, finality, we match their evil. And now we get a little scene of Yarek. I know, James. I was reputed to be a gentleman when I was commander-in-chief. During the four bloodiest years of my country's history... I gave orders that sent a hundred thousand men to their death at the hands of their brothers. There is no honorable way to kill. No gentle way to destroy. There is nothing good in war except its ending. And yeah, I like the, uh, the you know the way Lincoln is handled in this. I, I not that I'm an Lincoln your expert campaign, at all, Mr. President. But uh, it seems to work for it me. Should be at least. coming soon. 
So now Spock and uh, Kirk are creeping up with some spears and things. One of the things that I remember about this episode that's a little unsatisfying is the conclusion is kind of a little... Sora, well, you'll see in a moment or two, but uh, I think we have about ten minutes left. I'm just going to let it play out. Looks like seven minutes, so... How many did you see? Two. So just like uh, Lincoln said, he's slipping around behind. Uh, and then... Uh, They've got Kirk and Spock out front that are kind of throwing spears, and Yegas kind of throwing rocks at rocks at him. <laughs> so now Lincoln sees uh, sees the. Uh, Surak over there in the woods, kind of like a leaning against something. Got some good music in this episode, though. But Surak is uh, apparently already dead, unfortunately. Help me, Spock. Help me, Spock. Kalos can imitate voices. Now can you cry like Lincoln? Help me, Kirk. Help me, Kirk. So Surak is down. And now Lincoln is coming out from their side, the bad guy's side. James, stay back. And he's got a spear in his back. More rock throwing by Genghis Khan. So now they've dropped, they've lost two, but they're now they're fighting. Uh, we got Zora and Genghis Khan. Everybody's in the fight, but but uh, Colonel Green. Zora runs off. Not quite sure why Spock is not Vulcan nerve pinching all these people. It could pretty much knock them all out. He's stronger than all of them. He should be stronger than Genghis Khan, but yeah. The aliens make these things. So maybe they've changed them a little bit, I guess, physically. So Genghis Khan just runs off. Green's running off, but Kirk tackles him. Come on, we need some Kirk punches thrown in here. So he's got green down. The others have run off. You are the survivors. The others have run off. It would seem that evil retreats when forcibly confronted. However, you have failed to demonstrate to me any other difference between your philosophies. 
You're good and you're able to use the same method. Oh, I don't know. Surak tried to, try to talk peace. That's you a difference. You established the methods and the goals. Yep. For you to use as you chose. What did you offer the others if they won? What they wanted most. Power. You offered me the lives of my crew. I perceive you have won their lives. How many others have you done this to? What gives you the right to hand out life and death? The same right that brought you here. The need to know new things. Yeah, you could just ask us. We came in peace. And you may go in peace. Yeah, we're not coming back to this place again. Kirk Enterprise, come in. Is that you, Captain? Are you all right? Yes, Mr. Sula, we're all right. You may be, Mr. Borden. Why did Sulu answer that? Wouldn't it be Uhura or Scotty? You know. Scott, report. The ship is functioning normally again, sir, and the restart cycle is in operation. You'd never know that anything had been out of order. I can't fathom it, Mr. Sulu. We should be on warp power within 30 minutes, sir. Good. Mr. Chekhov. The deterioration in the shielding has stopped, sir, and is reversing itself. I have no explanation. Thank you, Mr. Chekhov. Mr. Spark? Any explanation? Conjecture, Captain, rather than explanation. Well, it would seem that we were held in the power of creatures able to control matter and to rearrange molecules in whatever fashion was desired. So they were able to create images of Surak and Lincoln after scanning our minds and using their fellow creatures as source matter. He seems so real. And to me, especially Mr. Lincoln, I feel I actually met Lincoln. Yes. And Surak. Perhaps in a sense, they were real, Captain. Since they were created out of our own thoughts, how could they be anything but what we expected them to be? It was so hard for me to see him die again. I feel I understand what Earth must have gone through to achieve final peace. Captain Kirk, the planet has resumed its normal appearance. There's still so much of their work to be done in the galaxy, Mr. Sulu, break us out of orbit and continue to our next assignment. Aye, aye, sir. So there you go, the Savage Curtain. I'm gonna dial that down, turn off Netflix. Yeah, I, you know, there's some good parts in that episode. I just find it kind of basic. You know, they've they've done the good versus evil thing somewhat before, and uh, it, it's yeah. It, it, if you if those aliens could really scan their their memories, their thoughts, their their the uh, computer system, whatever they got all their info from. They would understand good versus evil in a, in a way, um, destroying versus creation, and just you know, I'm, I mean, you, you 
kind of like, uh, by the way, this guy named Bart LaRue was the voice of Yarnick. Um, and, uh, so someone else played the, um, character, the prosthetic or not prosthetic, but the, um, costume thing that they wore, which actually I feel like was a pretty good job on the rock creature. But, uh, you know, again, uh, late in season three for TOS, certainly running on a bit empty as, as far as these episodes and the storylines and ideas. And season three has always been considered, you know, not, you know, the weakest of the original series. And, and this episode again, kind of eh, ordinary. I, I feel like that you know the conclusion of of the the bad guys just sort of running off uh, when they're faced with you know they they were ahead I mean they had killed two of the good guys and there were still four of them I I, I mean Kirk took out Green but that was about it at the very end so it it, it didn't seem like a, a really a ruthless uh, Kalis the Zora character Genghis Khan would have just like run away, you know, when they, they, they get a little bit of a battle going that that's the part I, I had a little trouble with kind of the conclusion of this episode. I felt like there needed to be a little bit better way. Like the idea of even Surak uh, trying to work a peaceful solution out, maybe, maybe some of the bad guys he was able, you know, if they had changed this, if you could change it, if you could change the episode, maybe a couple of them, he does convert over to, to see his point of view. That, that is the strength of, of good versus evil is that that we're willing to uh, to, to see and to sit down and talk to see the other sides and and, and negotiate in that um, where a pure evil would just be like nope I'm gonna kill you just gonna kill you that's all all right so enough about that enough about the savage curtain from TOS thought that was fun to uh, to go through that and it worked pretty good I played most of the episode did a couple of skips for you I, I sometimes with TOS because they're longer episodes, I would just collect clips, but I thought this morning when I got ready to do the show, I said, ah, we'll just sort of mostly play it, and I'll just skip a few parts um, with um, while I'm playing it for you. But um, all right, I think that's going to wrap up today's show. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Uh, I've always enjoyed, you know, of course, TOS is, is always fun to go back to, and, and, and truthfully, I've not watched all the enhanced new effect editions, whatever they were remastered, I guess, uh, of TOS. So uh, when I watch these, uh, when I do these episodes for you, it's a chance for me to to catch up on some of the ones I haven't seen with the new effects. And like I said, the planet Excalbia um, looked pretty cool in, in this episode and some other flybys of the Enterprise there and uh, and all that. Uh, I, I wonder if they ever thought about, you know, recreating Yarnek, uh, you know, the the creature himself made that make, make that a little different. Uh, but I think they mostly kept to most of the remastered stuff to the to the space things and planets and stuff the the orbiting the planets and and all that some some things uh, a few other little things here and there but okay all right uh, enough about all that uh, I hope everyone is enjoying um, their summer now that we have summer here and uh, I will uh, I'll be talking to you in a couple of weeks. Uh, next week should be some kind of a guest show or a repeat show or something like that. In a couple of weeks, I'm going to do another comics comic podcast i'm going to try to get my older son steven on the show uh because uh he's been as i've said a few times he's been really getting into comics the last couple of years so if uh he's available i'd like to do a show with him just talk about what he's liking in comics uh what brought him into it more and uh and and yeah we have a nice little conversation i think that could be cool uh for you and uh if if you can't join me uh, it'll just be me maybe i'll get a co-host maybe chris or somebody but all right and one last thing, or two last things. One, uh, patreon.com 
uh, forward slash Treks and Sci-Fi. It's always the place you can go to support the show. Thanks, everyone, who does uh, support the show via that. And the other last thing is Star Wars decks. We're starting the Star Wars RPG. You heard that uh, one of those episodes yesterday. Or not yesterday. Gosh, what am I saying? <laughs> you heard one of those episodes last week on the show. We've done a couple of them. Star Wars decks. They're released on their podcast feed. And we're going to, I think, record another one this week. And we should be getting close to getting ready to actually start the adventure, uh, getting all of our characters set. And Angela is going to be joining us, too, from uh, the Anomaly podcast. So it'll be Joe... Joe, myself, um, Jen, and Angela, so four of us, and Chris will be the game master. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's been a long time since I've done much RPGing. I used to do a lot of D&D, so it'll be exciting and fun. And, uh, yeah, that'll be good for hopefully you guys to listen to as well. All right, uh, I'm out of here. Uh, I, again, thanks, for everyone, for listening. And um, this is Rico from Trex and Sci-Fi. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. This has been a Rick Dosty podcast production.